0: J. Pressure with Felicia's Madcap podcast, where making a difference can apply pressure. Madcap podcast's mission is to tell the story behind the artist, business owner, and the everyday survivor while highlighting our kids. Madcap Podcast's vision is to be a platform where artists, business owners, and survivors can connect nationwide while giving you information on the latest celebrity news, live interviews, financial tips, community updates, and events. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or TikTok, Felicia's Madcap Podcast. And you can also visit the website, www.felicia'sMadcapPodcast.com. Fuck with me hello, hello everyone. This is your girl DJ Pressure with Felicia's Mad Cow Podcast. We're making a difference. Can apply pressure as you guys can see to my right, your left, however, I have two amazing artists that's on next. I have Rodney and Mr. stephen Russell. Hello, guys. Hi, hey, how you
1: doing, hey. hey
0: these guys are a part of the group called troop which stands for total respect of other people y'all they go back all the way to i was a baby baby (laughs) we're gonna talk more and more about that we are also still waiting on other members to come in so please just know when they pop up and pop in we're gonna keep moving just like we never stopped okay so rodney and russell how are y'all doing today
2: we're doing good thank you for having us very good yes. Listen,
0: it is such an honor to have y'all right here on Madcap podcast and i just want to explain to everyone that the group originally started out with five members and now you guys only have four with the passing of reggie warren at 52 is that correct yes, yes. Okay, now Reggie had some health issues, and um, he played in New Jack City. He passed away in March of fourteen, March fourteenth of two thousand and twenty-one. How did that affect the group?
2: Uh, just uh, really, just was like a shock, you know. It was like a, it's like the like somebody hit you in your stomach, you know, uh, just taking all your breath away for a second, you know just realizing that he's really not here anymore physically uh and we it, it took us a minute it took us uh, you know even though we were still on the road and performing we were like zombies for a couple years you know then you know we're just now coming out of mourning his past in a certain kind of way and and lifting our heads up and getting back to the fight you know yeah
3: what,
0: you want to say something Rodney
3: well yeah I, I... It's like you think you're prepared, yeah, and you're not. And how your emotions going to affect you, you don't know. Some of us didn't want to talk. Some of us didn't want to work. And like Steve said, we just really getting back to that energy.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: We lost a high energy with Reggie. He's a high energy guy, and. A lot of his energy. Now that I, I can see now, a lot of his his energy kept us going because he had high energy in his whole system. His get out was high energy. Everything he did was energy. So we just learn how to, like Steve said again, we learn how to deal with it. And not knowing how it's going to affect you is the hardest part because you still got to deal with that too. Yeah
0: well our condolences goes out to the group and his family as well so speaking of the two that's in here you guys rodney is the person that started the group (laughs) russell do you disagree with that not at all okay and you guys are looking at one of the lead singers which is mr russell and i can already tell you with his energy it is definitely <laughs> it speaks for itself so rodney tell us how did you start what made you come about just starting truth
3: ah okay well i'm gonna do it long story short again i am gonna go really quick because it's so long so long for, first of all when i was young like 12 years old i liked no addition more than anything and they inspired me to actually start a group get the idea of what it would be like to be in a group you know um the, the, the people i wanted in the group it started with them and then we went on putting on the hits and it was me and reggie who was the original guys steve and allen and john john came after putting on the hits but me and yeah. reggie went on there on with three other guys and we won and then we won some, some 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 guys called and wanted to know if we can really sing if they can make it famous and then that's when steve John, John Allen got in the group and we got with Atlantic Records and we got a deal and-
0: All right, now, hold on uh, Rodney. (laughs) I wanted to explain to everybody what was putting on the hits because a lot of people, (laughs) especially my age, don't know what putting on the hits was all about. So putting on the hits was a show that aired on the weekends Uh that kind of highlighted talent, correct?
3: Yeah, it was it was like um, a, a, a lip sync. It, it was like it was like American Idol type of thing, but lip syncing, lip syncing, not real singing. And 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 it, and it, Alan Fawcett was the host. I think that was Fair Fair Fawcett's brother. She was a big actor back in the day, Fair Fawcett. But yeah, we we won. We went there and we won. And. it it just happened after that it was a nice nice lip sync show and then we had to find some real singers after that because they didn't want you can't lip sync on records you can't do that you gotta really sing so that's that's how the real true total respect what people came about after they wanted some real singers after putting on the hits
0: and that show aired from 1984 to 1988. now mind y'all i was born 1987. I barely was saying mama when it ended. So right. <laughs>
1: um,
0: do you guys even know what was the reason why the show no longer aired or?
3: I mean, I think it just, it had its time. Um, it, it did good for four years and I, I don't think it was an a upgrade to it. It was the same. And, and plus um, there was new, new things coming out, new ways, new shows, and it just had its time.
0: So... Uh, for the other members that's not here, we had John Harold and also Alan McNeil that we are awaiting for presence, but just, um, just to kind of give you guys the name of the group, that's everyone. Um, you guys had some really good hits. So um, to let everyone know, the group was originated from Pasadena, California. You guys had three number one singles and 10 top. 10 singles which three went gold and one went platinum at that point were you guys like hey this is finally snapping in we're we're, we're, we're famous this is actually happening how did it hit you when your singles was taken off like that
2: uh it was it was kind of surreal it was you know it was unbelievable that was taking place yeah. and uh we sort of got caught up in chasing where we wanted to be so much mm-hmm. that it kind of passed us mm-hmm. as it was happening because we were ready for the next one you know right uh but it was amazing to experience w- being in front of your house on the sidewalk and in the streets and then the next you're experiencing why you were doing that the reason you were in the streets doing that was we're in front of thousands of people now, they're crying and love your music. It just—it was unbelievable to manifest something just from believing and feeling good about it. That was amazing to experience because we all felt good and had confidence that we would make it. We didn't doubt it and the universe moved, it, moved things right out of the way and it, it just worked out perfect.
1: Yep.
0: Did you see any positive uh, changes in your communities as you were producing and making music and, and- how it affect the people in your community
2: yes yes uh you know uh the people that we were around at the time we were you know practicing and preparing ourselves for the industry Mm -hmm. you know it 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 wasn't real to anybody you know it might have been one or two people that even considered it even being a real thing what we were pursuing so once we got hit records and was on tv every day and the song was on the radio every day that inspired a whole community, a whole age of people from our community, that things are possible right now and you don't have to wait. So yeah, we we made a huge impact on our community.
0: So being that you guys were still young, did you have younger kids running up like, hey, I look up to you, you know, sign, <laughs> give me your autograph and
1: yeah, all
2: that. <laughs> <Yeah>. Fan <laughs> letters, yes, all that. Yeah. that oh, it was amazing right. so was tell different. me one
0: thing what did it change about you as you were growing up to become the man that you were desired to be
2: wow well the music would- business just the experience yes well for me personally it taught me that there's a balance in this life uh there's a balance of being nice naive and humble
1: Mm -hmm. You
2: have to have the same savvy and true to match that humbleness, right? You can't be too much of a mama's boy. You gotta be some of daddy's boy too. You gotta have a balance in this life. Um, the decisions that you make, you pay for Mm. the decisions that you make are your own decisions. Uh, it taught me unconditional love. Uh, for the people that i work with and that i'm close to it taught me to appreciate them for who they are it taught me to look at myself and appreciate myself for who i am in spite of what other people see uh so there was a, a huge journey and a huge uh growth process that came with this whole experience because uh if you're if you don't have enough of yourself involved if you, if you if you don't reverence yourself enough, you're gonna be taken advantage of because the system is made to take advantage of you anyway. So mm-hmm. if you don't look at yourself, if you're not Prince to yourself, if you're not Michael Jackson to yourself, no matter who you are, you're gonna get the shorter, shorter end of the stick mm-hmm. all the time. You got to know who you are and you gotta be that thing already.
0: So Robbie, tell us a little bit of how did it affect you?
3: well it it affected me in a couple of different ways because i was a i was a nice guy and it affected me because that nice guy don't matter in the industry it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. it affected me like wow oh whoa hold on like like let me take some steps back i didn't really for real it's really like this this is this is how it is it affected me um a, a lot of my shyness it, it had to come out by being in truth I had to I had to I was a shy guy a little bit I wasn't really loud and I I, I can do a lot of things like sports but I was always kind of on a lolo with it
1: mm-hmm. and,
3: and, and and it affected me to for me to for me to be able to express myself more talk some more do things more. Don't don't be shy and scared about certain situations or or answers or questions. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of it kind of made me, I guess, be what I probably wouldn't have been if I wasn't mm-hmm. in a group. If I this probably wouldn't have been. I I probably have been a whole different attitude, a whole different type of person. Just somewhere else working, not even. Really thinking, using my brain a lot. Just I, I would have been a different guy. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 I think the effect, the, the how it affected me was great. I, I needed that. I needed that a little bit. So I don't want. I don't know it's going to be that powerful, but I needed it. So it helped me out a lot.
0: Now, has growing up in the industry so young encouraged you guys to maybe start nonprofit organizations?
2: Well, we haven't started a nonprofit but we've always associated with them. We've always always donated our time to, we've done it our entire career. We've donated our time and services to nonprofit
3: organizations.
0: Speaking of that, you know, tell me maybe a time that stood out to you most where you were involved with a nonprofit uh, organization.
2: Um, One in particular stands out in Pasadena. Um, There's a nonprofit at a, a park that serviced us as we grew up in Pasadena, Jackie Robinson. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, every I think every other year, or it might have been just the occasion of them uh, nonprofit. They opened a new facility in our neighborhood that we grew up in, and we performed for that. And every the mayor, everybody was there. It was the, it was the police department, all the people. Yeah. So that's the one that really stands out to me. Yep,
0: that's me an honor. Now talking about where you guys grew up, you know, would you say you grew up more in the hood or where most
1: like- definitely?
0: Yeah, <laughs> was it more the projects or just both?
1: You know, <laughs> a couple <laughs> of us grew up in the projects. Project a couple of me all the way.
2: Up the one of us <laughs> yeah. grew up in one of us grew up in the meadows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're not know <how> the meadows. <laughs> <is>. The meadows <laughs> always end up a name for the projects for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> but um you guys had three singles um all i do is think of you sweet november and spread my wings that really took off yeah. and um how did that you know help you win over the ladies so what was the influence like with the ladies
2: <laughs> well you know with with women you know uh shoot, just being on television is enough let alone having a hit record and you know dancing and singing and stuff you mm-hmm. know uh, but I think our fans, for some reason, they just seem to enjoy the message we were trying to get through in our music, the love that we were trying to give. I think that was the attractive part, especially for the women. You know, We have just as many male fans as we do female fans, so I don't like to leave them out because our male fans, honestly, in a lot of times, there's troops driving force. You got guys bringing their girls to the troop shows, you yep. know what I mean? Yep it's uh but that, that's the attraction you know the love in our music when they saw our videos they saw effort they saw they saw people a group of guys that wanted to reach them and entertain them and and be this thing for them and i think it was reciprocated through our career because our fans they're showing up like crazy now you
1: know yeah, yeah.
0: well most of all i can definitely say they saw passion yes yes um now sweet november was originally performed by jackson five in the deal uh the deal so how was that for you guys knowing that jackson five was you know uh, the original performers of sweet november
2: well um the jacksons was the original of uh Let all i do is think of you uh the deal was sweet november but on both of those with the jacksons on all i do is think of you we were happy that it was an album version song it was a b-side okay. so we were happy that we said we heard this the jackson sounded like the stylistics it blew me away i couldn't believe it <laughs> it sounded like the stylistics and mike is singing so anyway that blew me away and that's back in 94 you know
1: in, right.
2: in 84. So yeah, yeah. by the time 87, 87 came around, and it was time for us to um, start working on our album, I got with, um, darn it, I got with um, my buddy Chucky Booker, one of our producers, and we remade the song and submitted it for our first album, and the label didn't like it for the first album. So when it was time to do the second album after our first tour and everything, we sub- we redid it again and submitted it. and I guess um, the label liked it. And we were just happy that it wasn't a big hit for them, but it was a great, we knew that it was a hit song. No matter mm-hmm.
1: uh, whatever
2: happened, we knew it was a hit song and we could make it a hit, especially with Chucky. We knew we could make it a hit, and it was the biggest record of our career. And the same yep. with Sweet November. But only this time, Rodney, Rodney's sister introduced us to the deal back in, what, 84 again, 85?
1: Same thing, right? exactly. Exact
2: yep. You yep. know, she came from Indian Indiana with the Dills album, and we sang. We learned "Sweet Me and Rodney." I remember we would sing that song on repeat, over and over, <laughs> and over again. Me and Rodney loved "Sweet yeah. November." Yeah. We loved yeah. that song, yeah. man. And so it was time for us to come back after a hiatus and some legal things that we went through. And we, you know, we felt like a, a great remake could do it again, and and we did. We won again. We had another number That's record with Sweet November.
0: That's amazing. So, yeah. being that True was signed by Atlantic Records, releasing Mamacita in 1988, who came uh, up with the name Mamacita?
2: Joe Levert, Joe okay. Yeah, Mark Gordon. Okay,
0: I, so it, tell us a little bit about you guys' relationship with Levert.
2: Um. Honestly, they were like our big brothers, to be honest. You know, they took us under their wing immediately. Uh, Atlantic used them to introduce us to the world. So we were we were actually Levert's babies, to be honest. We, yeah. were, experts, we were Levert's pet projects. Um, the task of, of getting us introduced with a strong record, with a number one record possibly, was put at their hands, and they, they did it. Mamacita was our first release and our first number one.
3: And it went, yeah, it went number one two Uh number number two somewhere, number, number one two. somewhere. I it went number two
0: on the Billboard R and B charts. Yeah,
1: yeah. we were yeah.
2: Uh-huh. Back then they had R was big then and it was number one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I gotta yeah. give that yeah.
0: you guys second yeah. album included two hits, which we already talked about, which was the spread my wings and all I do is think of you. And um like I said both songs went number 1 on the Billboard now those went number 1 yeah. on the Billboard R&B uh-huh. charts and they remained on the charts for 10 weeks and so on yeah at least you know I mean well the top 10 yeah. on for weeks and yeah. so on so um you guys had kind of you know got the reality check like hey this is happening we got to keep going we got to go hard so what was the motivation behind the the performance, behind the writing, behind everything that kept you guys going?
2: Just wanting to be the best, wanting to be like Michael Jackson, you know, wanting to be the best that there is, wanting to be the best group to ever come, to ever exist um, respectfully. You know, we wanted to, uh, you know, we were on tour with Hammer. You know, we wanted to beat Hammer every night. We wanted to destroy <laughs> him. You know, he was the best at the time and we wanted his neck every night. So the, our motivation was the comp- competition of being the best on ourselves. You know, we just used Guy, the people that we would perform with, Tony, Tony, Tony. We just used them as the, the victims per se at the time to will our energy and our <laughs> will to, to knock them out every night. Oh yeah.
0: Now oh, I wonder how did Hammer feel knowing y'all wanted his neck?
2: <laughs> well, we knew Hammer. Wanted, we knew Hammer had the crown, so yeah. Hammer, yeah, we were just we were peasants to Hammer, if you want to call it that, because he was the king, you know. Mm-hmm. So we were the peasants trying to get in to get some of the uh, the the princesses in the palace. You know what I mean? Right. So
1: he knew
2: we was. He, he knew we was coming though. Yeah. He knew for sure we were coming. Yes, he used to watch our rehearsals and everything. Man. He yeah. knew
0: so did
2: you get it Russell did you get his neck well you know we (laughs) we did
0: our thing you know
2: uh we did our thing every night you know it didn't matter (laughs) it didn't matter what Hammer did when Troop left the stage you knew Troop was there
0: right
2: even when the show was over after Hammer did his thing you went home saying man Troop man man you know because you expected the greatest out of Hammer you came for that you you know but you go home talking about those guys that opened up you know it's like whoa
0: well, basically, in 1990, you guys created the single That's My Attitude. Now, that song uh-huh. was being about, it was, to me, as I listened to it, I took it, it was a bunch of fed up guys with women that's taking advantage of the kindness and going on to another man.
1: <laughs> Who
0: wrote that?
1: Gerald <laughs> Levert. Uh-
0: OK,
2: Gerald LeVert wrote that to him and Mark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, how did you feel
0: about, you know, performing the song and
2: singing it? Well, it was just it was an answer back to a song I wrote called I'm Not Suit. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was like Gerald had, you know, we were close at that time. So he knew everything that the direction that we were going with that album, he already knew because we were close by that time. So he came with that's my attitude because we both were on a prerogative, you know, we were both on that yeah. we love prerogative so it was just yeah. it was like a continuation of a song on the same album i'm not suit to be honest
0: and then you guys third album Deepa, released in 1992 then you guys had little some some in 1994 and then mayday in 1998. Yeah. uh i'm sorry
2: oh no i'm listening
0: okay and so well there was a little gap between 1992 and 1994 y'all want to explain the gap did y'all have to like take a break
2: well um around 92 was when the the change happened we switched management over to the uh mc hammers management at that time
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: so um in doing so it kind of damaged. It damaged the relationship that we had with on our side at the label, and so eventually we parted ways with Atlantic Records after '92. And so that gap was uh, just us figuring out, setting up our independent situation, and figuring out how we were going to carry on and release. We continue to release records now that we have millions of fans. We figured, you know, we could release music on our own, and that's what we did.
0: Which is smart. Anytime um, you have a goal to accomplish things, you have to stop, take time out for yourself, regroup, yeah. and kind of redirect.
1: Exactly. So,
0: <clears throat> you guys had ventured off in nineteen ninety eight and producing and other collaborations and business projects. So, is there any type of business projects you want to explain that you can you're currently involved in?
2: Um, well, in the in the hiatus for me. Um, um, I took the writing and producing and just um, started getting placements on other artists. Um, like I wrote, I co-wrote, Take You Down for Chris Brown. That's mm-hmm. uh, to be for B2K. I produced <laughs> that. Uh, Why I Love You for B2K. I co-wrote that, co-produced that. Uh, Why You Want to Change Me, Ruben Stutter. Um, I had a number one record with Tyrese, one. Um and just so many artists, I've uh, No Air with Jordan Sparks and Chris Brown. Um, that's okay. the biggest song I've had in my career outside of Troop. Charlie Wilson. And Charlie Wilson, Just Can't Live Without You, um, Homeless. Um, just, I mean, everybody. I've worked on everybody, just spreading the Troop sound and the Troop love around until it was our time again.
0: Now, you know, I just moved from uh, Charlie Wilson's hometown, Tulsa, Oklahoma.
1: OK, nice. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so
0: we, hear, we heard a lot about, I heard a lot about him. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: he's an <laughs> awesome
0: yeah. guy. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. So um, you you guys regrouped in 2004. And you guys have Headline for Boys Man, Brad McKnight, Keith Sweat, Silk, Mario, and John B. Now, you know John B is somebody I always wanted to meet.
1: <laughs> That's our <laughs> homework. Really?
0: That's your homeboy?
1: Yeah, He's from, from Pasadena, too. He's from the city. See, yep.
0: that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> right now, it's all about y'all. <laughs> but um you guys have also done shows with David Letterman, Train, Showtime at the Apollo. Man, I love Showtime at the Apollo. Huh. And you guys have also done soundtracks for New Jack City with Queen Latifah and LaVert, uh, For the Love of Money, and also Stevie Wonder, Living for the City. Now, uh-huh. one thing about it, you guys would never go old or die out when it comes to New Jack City.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
0: That's gonna forever be like the most, that's like next to Scarface type yeah. of movie. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, you're right. In 2006, um troop had contacted the Mix Radio station, making it Mix its new home. And so with that being said, a lot of your music or uh, promotion, promoting your doing and producing, are you working strictly with Mix? Uh
2: no, we we keep our we keep our doors open. We're we're open to work with people who have our same vision so yeah. you know we um we're not we're not exclusive in that manner because we treat everybody as independents. we're like in an independent market so the services we need from people that's what we deal with you know we spread it around
0: so how um, are you guys uh taking a new look at the change of time and the new and up and uh, coming artists and kind of reaching out to artists that you see potential in
2: well, Rodney's nephew happens to be the biggest producer in the rap business right now, Hit Boy. So uh, we're we're totally connected to the source when it comes to uh, being fresh and and having the opportunity to be right on top of the game on what to what's happening today. Um, but we're 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 from a generation of love, and we want to keep that essence in our music. You know um that's why with our new single we're we're so excited about our new single that we released um, i'll let you get to that yes Uh, but you know (laughs) we're excited about that because here again these same guys you know troop the guys that won't go away you know here we are again with another number one record on our hands uh sounding just as good as we ever sound even better in my i know at least for me i know i've grown tremendously Spread my wings, Steve. So um, things have been looking really wonderful. You know, Um, like I said, we work with several different companies to accomplish what we're accomplishing now with our independent label. We have an independent film company now called Black Box. Uh, We have three films streaming on Tubi right now. Uh Um, Tales of a Boy Band. Uh, five of a Kind, the story of true, and we have a, a two season of a eight episode series called Day Ones that's on Tubi as well.
1: Right. Everybody
2: check that out. Um, and we and, and we're working on our new album. So and we're preparing for the Back to Life tour. We've already started doing dates. So we're just we're just getting it in. You know, um, um, we're in our early fifties and we're still young and healthy. So we just want to take advantage of that. You know.
0: Well, I've said it to Rodney already, and I want to make sure you hear Steven, is that we are completely proud of you guys. Um, Mm -hmm. When I look at you guys and I hear about your story and thinking about how hard it was back then uh, for people of our color to even accomplish their dreams and goals, especially Mm -hmm. in the music industry. We love y'all. We are proud of y'all. We want to see more. And... um, you guys are just breaking generational curses, even though you know you're up in age, which is still a good. You still helping break, you. You're helping the younger generation yeah. break generational curses that lie upon their families by you know becoming someone. So I'm proud of y'all. Thank um, you. I see strong Thank men that stutters, uh, that's steady setting uh, the limit, uh, setting a high bar for our young men. Yeah. so y'all keep doing what y'all do now yeah. with that being said um uh, rodney is single ladies and yeah. steven is married Stephen, <laughs> then that uh, <laughs>
1: the,
0: the lead th- the lead singer the lead person with this big personality how did your wife get you to sell down? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh well you know after you've toured the world and you've seen so many people you've watched so many people you know I'm a people watcher you know I, I I'm a psychologist by trade you know I have all I've I've had 25 years in the field physical practice you know yeah. and after after my experiences you know I the kind of person that I am it matched me to have one woman that i trust that trusts me that you know will take care of me and um i'll take care of her you know it 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 was just like that for me i was just made that way
0: now if you could give the single people relationship advice now that means that you got to be walking it now
1: yeah no what question what
0: would you what would you say
2: i would tell all single people that relationships are overrated very. The indoctrination that you have to be in a family and a family structure in your life is, is what it has to be. And should be in alignment with you. It's not something that you have to leave your house aiming to do young ladies. You do not have to aim to be a mother. You do not have to aim to be somebody's wife. I think we need to spend more time realizing that the validation of self, not others. Others are last. The validation of yourself finding yep. finding self-approval of self before you even think about a relationship you got so much of self that you got to learn and get to know the the you that you are at 19 is not the you you're going to be at 25. the you at 25 is not going to be the you at 35 so you got to really take in consideration the knowing and the gifting of love of self and taking care of self and getting self in a place where you can manage yourself emotionally, psychologically, financially, then attract something that match what you become. You don't want to attract something and you don't know what you are because you're going to attract junk because you're junk. You don't even know who you are. You don't even know where God is. You still believe what somebody said about God. So you got a lot to learn before you try to attach yourself to somebody. You got to get to know something first. You get what I'm saying?
1: Right.
0: So that's what I would
2: say i feel like uh, you
0: got to turn into a preacher on
2: us you know <laughs> i'm sorry you know but i
0: love the way you highlight itself everything is internal it's self we're the you're the root of you
2: period everything. In your experience yes your beliefs and what you believe the universe Going to agree. The measure of God is the measure of God on you, is the measure of you on yourself. If you love and measure the highest lights and the highest things upon yourself, God is going to agree with you and match that. If you Mm -hmm. think the world is against you, He's going to prove to you it is. Mm. It's you that creates the experience. Life is not happening to us, we're creating it and we don't know it. So it's time to know it. So you single people, you're creating your experience with every decision. So make sure your decisions is based on your moving forward in life and about your knowledge of self. That's more important than anything. Do that first.
0: Rodney, do you got something you want to put the icing on the cake with?
3: How the hell am I gonna follow all that with <laughs> said?
0: That's like trying to go for Hammer's neck, huh? <laughs>
3: Right, I just say I, I agree with Steve. <laughs> no, on, but, but really, but really, really, um, with, with being single for me, it just I had so much time to find out who I am without having responsibilities of a relationship. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that, so I was just taking my time getting to know who I am, and at the time, I didn't know what I was doing, but ultimately that's ultimately that's what i was doing i was i was only dealing with myself i wasn't bringing nobody into my my mess my 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 weird head my thoughts some of my actions i didn't bring a I didn't bring a person as far as like a marriage or a serious serious relationship were we about to get married or engaged nah because i wasn't i wasn't finna do that so i took all that time out and the time i took actually helped me have be who i am today it helped me because I'm a cool person today, man. I like who I am. I like I like where I'm going. I like what I'm doing. I like what I do. Right. And it's because I think a lot of times because I've just been by myself on that on that high level of relationship.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: It just made me who I am today. I can't say it works for everybody like that, but it, it, it helped me be who I am because I had all the time in the world to just do you grow up. Yeah. Grow the hell up. So that's what I say.
0: Well, the reason why I asked about the relationships you guys is because this new single talks about the lady in my life. So I wanna know who wrote this song?
2: Um, This song was written by a guy, rest in peace. His name is Rod Temperton. Uh, he was the keyboard player for a group called Heatwave, one of my favorite groups on the planet. Um, Heatwave is from the, the late, the early eighties. Anyway, um, Rod Temperton is the one who wrote Thriller, Rock With You, Off the Wall, for Michael Jackson as well. Um, He wrote this song, and this is our third remake um, that we're taking a stab at to uh, establish a new beginning for ourselves. And once again, we pulled it off. Um, This time, we decided to take a song that was a hit something that people loved already so that we wouldn't have to try to knock your door down to get you to please listen to us you know so we we wanted a song that you already love and just hopefully we delivered it the way you would appreciate it you know so we did the best we could and it came out pretty good we're happy about it
0: well i want to give the people a glimpse of what the new single is and if you guys would like to finish hearing it go Watch it on you. Is it on YouTube? Is yes, on YouTube. Yes, yes, YouTube. Yes. You got Spotify. You got. I, you can even look it up on Pandora. Oh,
1: yes.
0: Listen, it's even on Facebook. So y'all take a glimpse of what it's like.
4: trust in my heart and meet me
0: Love, love this song already, thank you. Because of the fact that it's such a fireplace, sit back and just almost about to be proposed to type of song. <laughs> so it makes the woman feel important.
1: Yes, and that's what we
0: lack a yes. lot of times nowadays. It's feeling important, and I appreciate you guys so much because you bring that back.
3: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks.
0: It. It's a song that I would want to lay down, even if I didn't have a man, and go to sleep to. Just man. thinking, I'm the the yeah. lady of his life one day. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. man, you guys did an amazing job. I love thank it you
1: so much. Thank you, cool. you, thank, thank you. you.
0: So, thank you. let our people know. You know, how can they follow you uh, on on all on all platforms?
2: Um, on Instagram, we're on official Troop. 2023 um you can follow me personally on instagram at stephen underscore wrote it r-o-t-e-i-t um facebook stephen russell harts h-a-r-t-s and um go ahead rob
3: well you know you know me see i'm just i'm the same on um, all the platforms you can find me at rodney of truth rodney of troop yep.
0: Now, do y'all want to leave us with something before you head out?
2: Yes, make sure you go to our merchandising store, 67 Kings. You can get your troops, sweatshirts, hats, shoes, jackets, everything, uh, 67kings.com, and check out our merchandise. You know, support the cause. We love you
0: yep yep well from dj pressure felicia's madcap podcast to you guys we love you we thank you so much until next time have a blessed one
1: thank you thank you
0: (laughs) hey guys it's your girl dj pressure with felicia's madcap podcast we're making a difference can apply pressure madcap Podcast's mission is to tell the story behind the artist business owner and the everyday survivor while highlighting our kids Madcap Podcast's vision is to be a platform where artists, business owners, and survivors can connect nationwide while giving you information on the latest celebrity news, live interviews, financial tips, community updates, and events. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or TikTok, Felicia's Madcap Podcast. And you can also visit the website, www.felicia'smadcappodcast.com.